Pop Culture Footnote, the podcast that keeps you in the loop on all things pop culture so you can talk about it with your friends. I'm Courtney. Shannon. <laughs> Andrew forgot his name. No, it's Zombie Andrew because we're back from the dead. We're back. <laughs> I was going to say, it's been so long since I've heard Courtney say that. <laughs> it's going to give me a little emotional. <laughs> Oh, yes, this is our second sweet. episode back. Um, but yeah, we are. We well, wanted to wrap up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm free. I should have saved that. Oh boy. <laughs> it's all good. Um, so yeah, this is our second episode back, but it's the first one that we're recording for quite a while. Um, 2020 has been a hard year, and so we have taken a little break. Um, but I think we're I think we're ready to get back into it. So hopefully, this is the Second of many more episodes coming in 2021. So we decided to make it extra hard on ourselves by recording this one first. So mm-hmm. that made a joke about us coming back. Back. <laughs> so yeah, you know. They get to hear it later. <laughs> Woo! And since I'm editing it, I'm not changing the others. <laughs> cool. Well, um, we wanted to, since 2020 has been such a hard year, we wanted to um end this year on a positive note so normally we would do a thank party episode around the time of thanksgiving um this year our thank party episode is coming for new year's so happy new year goodbye 2020 you were the worst um yeah you mean we didn't want to do a a year in review like we have in previous years (laughs) why ever would that be i think everybody has been replaying 2020 so much in their minds that they really probably don't need that so well i i looked at um i looked at the the ringer they did the the watch pod put out their top five movies of the year of 2020 and mank is the only one i've ever heard of because everybody's making fun of the title mank that's the only reason i know that movie and all the other movies, I had, I was like, I don't know any of these. So yeah. it would have been it's, very... It's surprising how... I've heard of them, but it's surprising how few of them I've seen. Because you yeah. know how often I'm on top of these things. <laughs> True. But yes, that's the, that's the general impression I've gotten to. <laughs> it's a weird year. Yes. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's get it kicked off. Uh, Shannon, do you want to start us off? What's something you're grateful for this year? Yes, I have so many. So <laughs> where to be? Okay, I'm just gonna get the obvious thing out of the way um, because anyone who knows me knows that this will be my number one <laughs> most favorite thing this year. I am grateful for Taylor Swift all years, <laughs> all the years, but especially this year. <laughs> um, to take you through a quick uh, recap of the delightful things we received this year. Um, the year started out great with um, Taylor Swift premiering a documentary at Sundance called Miss Americana, um, which personally for me um, was pretty moving as it's about her kind of coming into her own politically. And even though she's a country star, being more vocal on some liberal issues, which meant a lot to me personally. Um, so then we got that. Then, you know, quarantine and COVID <laughs> and everything kind of happened, which I thought was going to be the end of my awesome Taylor Swift year because I was planning on going to Loverfest that she had all planned out. Um, so pretty big bummer in that way. But then in July, at the last moment, Taylor Swift announces, 
I'm going to drop an album and it's premiering at midnight. <laughs> All of a sudden we got a whole new album of music to enjoy that may be my favorite music she's ever made, <laughs> which is saying something because I love her so much. So she released Folklore and then <laughs> as of the time we're recording this, two days ago, <laughs> she says, and I'm releasing another album. So in a year that I thought we weren't going to get much Taylor Swift as I would like, we got two full albums and it was pretty dang exciting. Um, and for me, I think I've talked about my love of Jack Antonoff. She produced a lot of the music with him. So that was exciting. She did duets with Bon Iver and Haim and I love all those artists. So anyway, very, very exciting all around. I love her. Thanks for saving 2020 for me, Taylor Swift. Wow. Nice. Andrew, how about you? What's something you've got that you're grateful for? Um, all right. Well, we'll stick with, um, we'll stick with music. Um, and I know that like, um, we try to stick with stuff that was in 2020 or right before but I discovered something in 2020 that actually was um, their most recent album came out in 2019. Uh, it is a band called, um, oh crud, I want to get this right. Because <laughs> um, I like them so much, but I can never remember their name. It's, um, shoot. I feel bad sure. for them. And I, oh, Simple Creatures. I was going to say, I was going to say Simple Living, but it's Simple Creatures. Holding us in suspense, Andrew. No. Simple Creatures, um, it is a collaboration of Mark Hoppus from Blink-182 and Alex from All Time Low. Um, they've been friends for a while. They finally got together and made uh, some music. Uh, their song that I like the most that I listened to that wound up on my Spotify, you know, rapped, whatever, uh, was Thanks, I Hate It. Um, one of my favorite songs from this last year. Um, uh, I felt like I said thanks I hate it more this year than I have any other year so it kind of like a nice little kind of very appropriate. yes very 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 appropriate for me um this year I always I, I really like Mark Hoppus I just started I know I'm late to the game but I just started following him on Twitter this year uh he is a delight to have on my Twitter feed um popping up he is uh very funny loves Disneyland too which is kind of a weird thing I didn't think that the uh, the bassist from Blink-182 um, would uh, would be into Disneyland, but he's way into it. So um, thanks for bringing my life joy, Mark. I appreciate it. And more from Mark Hoppus to come. Nice. Um, cool. Well, sticking with the music theme, um, I, I'm not going to lie, with 2020 being what it was, I did not feel very adventurous this year. So I did not listen to a lot of new things, but the one thing that I did find this year that has been just a joy is uh, it's a Spotify playlist. Um, I'm not even sure who put it together, but it's called Film Scores Are Sexy. And <laughs> I'm not sure how I found it, but I did. But it's just a collection of like a whole bunch of really good film scores put together in one beautiful playlist. And I've discovered a lot of scores from films that I've never seen before and um yeah gotten a new appreciation for a couple of composers and so yeah that has been just a joy it's what I have on in the background whenever I work now and helps me go to sleep and it's fantastic so yeah 
Like what movies that you haven't seen? Oh, um, man. Careful, this is pop culture footnotes, so you got to be careful what you divulge. You haven't seen. <laughs> They're more obscure things. Um, well, I was thinking, sorry, go ahead. See, that's why I want to know. I like the obscure stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's see here. Ugh, there's one that comes up all the time that I can't remember right now. I'll think of it later. Oh, there's stuff from like Smallville and um, just all kinds of things. Uh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> Superman. So obscure. <laughs> just kidding. Okay. Um, rude. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I'll keep. I have another music one, so I'm just gonna keep going on that and just work my way down my list. Um, this happened really early in 2020, so frankly, it feels like an entire lifetime ago. Um, but I do a lot of running on the treadmill, and it's something I keep coming back to. And this is Shakira and Jennifer Lopez's Super Bowl halftime show. Um, I think it was super controversial when it first aired. Um, I actually read that the FCC received over 1,300 complaints about it. And when I got to work the next day, you know, back when we were in offices and actually saw each other, um, a lot of people said, ooh, that didn't seem very appropriate for television. And there are a lot of women showing a lot of skin and dancing a little bit provocatively. Um, but I have to admit, this I love <laughs> everything about this performance so much. Um, I love Shakira and J-Lo, um, but the dancing was fun. There was dancing incorporated from all different cultures. Um, there's amazing choreography from this uh, choreographer, husband-wife pair named Nappy Tabs that I love. Um, they There's kind of a statement to it. At one point, they have children in cages, um, kind of remarking on children getting... Um, left at the border and there's a point where Jennifer Lopez has this uh, large Puerto Rican flag that she's holding up um, and she's saying born in the USA. So there's a little bit of a political statement to it, which is really cool, but mostly just the singing and dancing are so great. And it was nice to see two like powerhouse Latina women just crushing it. So yeah, really it's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> yes, I loved that. Andrew, what have you got? I'll stick with the music. Uh, and I told you there'd be more from our compass. Blink-182 re Blink released a single called Quarantine um, that uh, is magnificent. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty great. Um, they released a full album last year. Um, a lot of fans were disappointed by it. I liked it. Um, but uh, then they followed up with the single Quarantine as a big fan, I really enjoyed it. Um, and also, I'm not a huge fan of live albums, but my favorite band of all time released a live album and it was awesome. Um, Reliant K released uh, a collection of a bunch of songs uh, that were live uh, from some various uh, live performances they had, and uh, it was delightful. So, normally, I'm not, a, I know that that's heresy. I'm not a live album guy, I prefer the recorded tracks. Cause I don't want, I don't want jerks singing when like there's professional singers, like I want to hear the professional singers, not the jerks. So, um, but I really enjoyed that one. So. Nice. Um, I'm going to break away from music if that's okay with you guys. 
No, um, just kidding. And I'm going to do this before Andrew takes it. But uh, <laughs> I uh, wanted to shout out a show on Apple TV called Ted Lasso. Yep, Andrew's mad. Um, Ted Lasso is amazing. It is based on this Jason Sudeikis character that he did for some like promos a while back. Um, it was originally going to be for NBC, but then didn't, that didn't pan out. So Apple TV picked it up and it is honestly just one of the most delightful shows I think I've watched maybe ever. It's, uh, it's just very heartwarming. And I watched it, we watched it over the summer and it was at this time when you know, things were just really bad and really ugly in the world. And it was, it was getting harder and harder to believe that there were actually good people in the world. And then watching a show in which the main character, while flawed and going through his own problems, is just so compassionate and kind. And um, it was, it was honestly just like melted my, my frozen heart. And <laughs> I don't know, it honestly like gave me so much hope in the world like I know that it's fiction and it's not real but you know it just it was the show that I needed so yeah my uh Sudeikis deserves a uh a, an Emmy for that um so does Hannah Waddington uh, I thought she was incredible on that show it was also great because you had you had various female characters who were all so different and a lot of the time in like sitcoms, they, you know, if there are two women, then they hate each other or they fight or they bicker or they're catty. And these two women, in spite of being so different, were just so supportive of each other. And it was lovely and beautiful. And yeah. So. I did say the wrong names, Wallingham, not Wellington. I apologize. I want to get that right. So. Is it my turn for TV? Or is it Shan it's Shannon's turn, right? It's my turn. And I said we should just do a round table, but I think we're going by theme anyway. <laughs> so oh, um, actually, no, because then I realized I had more TV than I thought. Um, Courtney, I'm really glad you brought up Apple TV because I forgot to add something to my list that I absolutely wanted to talk about. So I'm going to talk about it now. Um, Apple TV Plus put out a series called Central Park. <laughs> made. Um, a animated show made by the creators of Bob's Burgers, which is also one of my favorite things. Um, it's about, <laughs> it's a musical show, which I just love musicals, everything musical. Um, but it's about a, <laughs> there's a part, the manager of Central Park and his cute little family. And then you've got this older kind of, aristocratic like really wealthy woman that wants to buy central park so you've got this cute little family trying to stop bitsy Brandenham from stealing the park um i think what's delight i mean the songs are really cute they got a whole lot of great talent for the show um josh gad is one of the creators but voices a character you've got leslie odom jr andrew Reynolds, like all sorts of great uh, musical voice talent David Diggs plays um, the villain Bitsy's maid, Helen, a woman. Um, and there's something very, very satisfying about David Diggs rapping as an old woman that's trying to, like, get into his employer's will so he can take all of her money one day. Anyway, it's a really delightful show and just has brought a lot of joy to this quarantine period. That's 
sounds delightful. Andrew, we should watch that. Let's put that on the list. Move it up. It's a good awesome. one. <laughs> Andrew, what have you got next? My turn to steal from Courtney. Um, uh, we're going to go with uh, Staged, which was a BBC show uh, that was uh, put on. Um, it was on the BBC, and then uh, Hulu bought the rights to season two. And then uh, season one was put on not that long ago. Um, it is a show told via Zoom call, almost exclusively, almost exclusively. There are some, uh, there are some like single camera shots and stuff like that. But it is uh, Michael Sheen and David Tennant. Um, they were hired for a play that was canceled due to quarantine, and the director decides to rehearse via Zoom. So that way, once everything's over, they'll just they'll be the first ones out of the gate. They'll be the first ones to go. And so it's not only them kind of like there's a lot of critiques on like the entertainment industry and like uh, uh, theater and all that kind of stuff. But it's also Michael Sheen and David Tennant both trying to keep their minds while going crazy cooped up inside and um, the kind of the <laughs> the cattiness that exists between the two of them um, and some of the best stuff like they get into arguments about whose name should go first on the poster and in the credits and then when that argument happens it's also reflected in the credits of the show um, so yeah it's just it's really quite delightful Michael Sheen and David Tennant are just amazing they're, they're incredible if you haven't seen Good Omens from last year definitely need to watch that and then uh, this is just even more delightful the, the two uh, two very talented, we'll call them great British actors, because I know that uh, Tennant isn't, he's Scottish. Um, yeah, the, there is a difference, Andrew. I know, I know. That's why I said great British. So we got in trouble with his English. And Michael Technically, Sheen. Michael Sheen is not English either. He's Welsh, right? He's Welsh, yeah. I, that's why I didn't say English. See, I'm covering getting it. Anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's really, it's really pretty good. Um, at one point, um, Michael Sheen tries to hide how much he drinks by pouring his recycle, his wine bottles into his neighbor's recycle bin. Um, cause he's ashamed about how much he and his wife are drinking during quarantine. That was, that was pretty funny. Um, it was one of my favorite bits. So, yeah. Yep. I can't believe that this is the first time I'm hearing about this show. I can't believe it either. That sounds really up my alley. It <laughs> is. It absolutely is. And it's I've on missed. Hulu. You should watch it. Okay, I'll watch it. And I've missed. I'm a big like live theater, live musical person, and obviously this year that's kind of been put on hold. And so I've appreciated entertainment that's mm. kind of. I mean. I don't know if one of you is going to bring up Hamilton, but I'll sneak it in really quick. Like being able <laughs> oh, to see, yeah. like, I'll let you take it, but like oh, okay. <laughs> having recorded musicals and performances like that has been a great joy in this year of like not being able to see stuff on stage. Yeah. I'll, I'll just say with that, like Hamilton was on my list, but I'm glad you brought it up. It's just in general with the quarantine, it's been so nice to have, so many more like resources at your disposal, like not just Hamilton, but like other stage plays are, you know, streamed live on YouTube every week and, you know, all kinds of things that are now open and available to people that weren't before. I think that's really cool. 
So, yeah. And now I'm just sneaking in more things and I'll let you go, Courtney. But <laughs> like, did you guys watch any of the National Theater Live productions? They put, I mean, they have amazing productions that you usually have to go to a theater to see. They record it or they broadcast it live um, to the theater, but they put a bunch on YouTube for free and they had cool things like One Man, Two Governors with James Corden and uh, Frankenstein with Benedict Cumberbatch. Anyway, that was a fun one too. But now you can go, Courtney. Thanks. <laughs> Um, I was going to, I'm probably stealing another one from Andrew, um, but I wanted to shout out <clears throat> Dimension 20 on Dropout. Um, so if you're not familiar with them, I might, I might have mentioned them last year, but um, Dimension 20 is a group of college humor actors and writers who get together and put on this, uh, sorry, I'm distracted by Kate. Um, but they put on this Dungeons and Dragons uh, game and the dungeon master, Brendan Lee Mulligan is just, he's fantastic. And the plots are also well thought out and it's been really nice. It's been a nice form of escapism this year to watch those and kind of immerse yourself in these like other worlds. And it's honestly helped me enhance my role-playing for our other podcast, Approximate Heroes. Go check that out. What a plug. Yes. And honestly, Approximate Heroes, like doing Approximate Heroes this year has been like a saving grace for me. Just having, you know, time with friends to play around and see each other and catch up. That's been, that's been a really big thing for me this year. So. I talked a lot, Andrew. You can go. <laughs> I'm always trying to sneak more in. I feel like I always end up with a list of like a dozen things. And I'm like, let me just sneak like five in here. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll throw in actually kind of a D&D adjacent one that I wasn't, that since we're kind of chatting about it a little bit. Uh, the beginning of the quarantine, um, Dungeons and Dragons, Wizards of the Coast, uh, published a bunch of modules for free. Um, so that people could have a hobby, have something to do in the meantime um, during quarantine. So I put some from like uh, the Sun of Citadel. Um, I'm trying to remember what else they put up. Um, uh, they put up some modules for people to play for free on D&D Beyond. And uh, it was really cool that they like, normally something you'd have to pay for and all that kind of stuff they put up. There, there was a lot of, Courtney was kind of talking about throughout the year kind of wondering if there were still like good people and everything. There were a lot of bad examples of people, but there are also like a ton of good examples. And one of like love them or hate them, the wizards of the coast did put up something that they normally would have charged for free for people just to, just to have. So that way they had something to do, uh, which I think is pretty cool. Um, and uh, very appreciative. Um, and Courtney was saying that, you know, we've, uh, with Dimension 20, we've kind of been able to focus on some of our role-playing. Um, this year, I've been writing a lot of um, homebrew content myself. Um, our Approximate Heroes one that's going on currently is homebrewed um, that I've been working on for a while. Um, but we've got some other stuff coming up. Um, and so I'm, great. I'm thankful for that hobby, um, I guess, just in general, uh, to be able to have something that 
uh, can help me kind of blow off some creative steam type of thing, uh, that, that sort of thing. Um, it's really, it's really helpful. I go kind of nuts if I don't have something stimulating a creative side of my brain and that's, that's part of it. So. Awesome. Um, I'm going to do a book now, if that's okay, since we're kind of, kind of going by theme. Um, this book is not exactly, it's not new, but it was new to me this year. Um, my, at work, we do a, like all the writers at work, we do a book swap every year. So this was gifted to me. It's called The Westing Game. Um, it's a mystery and I love mysteries. And usually like, because I'm such a big mystery person and Agatha Christie fan, um, mystery books are tough for me because I often figure it out well before I'm supposed to figure it out. Um, the Westing Game was one that kept me guessing for the whole thing. Um, and not just guessing, but like thoroughly confused for most of it. Um, like I had figured out one one tiny little bit, but just because you figure that out doesn't mean that you figured out the whole thing. And it was it was great. And so yeah, um, I really appreciate having a book that challenged me and interested me that much. So. Courtney, sometime I'm going to let you borrow this, but I have an adaptation of the Western game on DVD <laughs> that oh. I don't think anyone really knows about or has copies. It's got to be like a rarity now, um, but it has Shane West in it <laughs> and it's called Get a Clue. And it's, it, I, yeah, <laughs> it's something else. <laughs> so I'll have to let you borrow that. Um, yeah, if we're doing books, <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I'm someone who has a really hard time reading um, when I'm anxious. And this has been a year that's just increased my anxiety to new levels I did not know existed. Um, but, <laughs> and again, this is not a new book either. But um, one book that I did find pretty delightful is called Red, White, and Royal Blue. Um, it's a romance. Honestly, it could easily be adapted into like a Hallmark type movie. Um, but it's about the first son of the United States who falls in love with the Prince of England. <laughs> um, so it's an LGBTQ love story. Um, it, I mean, it's probably a little bit trashy. <laughs> For some reason, I just really enjoyed it. And I think I needed something lighthearted, distracting to kind of get my mind off everything. So... That was a cute one. This has definitely been the year that I have embraced trashy romance and just kind of been like, you know what? This is this is dumb. And I recognize that it's dumb, but this is a good distraction and I'm not gonna be ashamed of it anymore. So yeah. Nope. Live your truth. Read those romances. Andrew, how do you feel about that? I mean, when you say trashy romance, you mean like <laughs> at fan fiction. You don't mean like the scoundrel's desire with like. I mean, whether you slap a fan, okay, that fanfiction.net is on my list of things that I'm grateful for. So I'm just going to talk about it real quick. Yeah, like there are trashy romances that are fanfic, but whether you slap like a fandom skin on it, it's still a trashy romance. So they're all the same at their core. I suppose. 
Um, because, um, yeah, um, I, I'll go with the book too, I guess. Um, this one actually came out in 2018. Um, this is an author that I've followed for a while. Actually, he used to, he used to write on ESPN's page two with a column called Tuesday Morning Quarterback. Um, he's a, uh, very talented writer, um, very intelligent. Uh, his name is Greg Easterbrook. Uh, he wrote a book in 2018. Um, I want to get the title right. It's called It's Better Than It Looks, Reasons for Optimism in an Age of Fear. Um, it was written in 2018. I gave it to my mom for her birthday on <laughs> in March of 2020. So probably not the best time for that. But like, maybe it was the best time. But it's mostly, it's a book about statistics about the human race in general. You know, when we look at where the where humanity is as opposed to where it was, you know, all, at any point in its history, we're living longer, we have access to better technology and all kinds of stuff than at any point in the, human, in, in the past. Um, and so while there is a lot of doom and gloom, especially this year with the pandemic and, um, you know, all kinds of stuff going on, it is easy to just be like, everything sucks, but we are at a unique time in history uh, where things haven't been better for humans before. You know, we have access to healthier foods and more food than we've ever had access to before in our lives. And most of us are relatively safe in our homes. Um, there are, of course, people who are suffering, and I don't want to minimize that at all. Um, I don't wish to do that. Um, but as a whole, you know, we're progressing forward. And uh, so th this is more to, if you're looking for a reason to just be like, Gosh, is there anything good out there? This is a good book to kind of pick up. It's a it's nonfiction, um, so it's uh, it's not a trashy romance, um, but uh, it, it it can help um, if you're looking if you're struggling finding the light amidst the dark. This one might help, might help you out. Um, I have one more book to talk about if that's okay. This one is less like pop culture-y, um, but like this, this year has been really hard for a lot of reasons, but one of the good things that's come out of it for me is I started going to therapy and like actually working on some of my mental health things. So that has been very good for me. But um, this book that I have been reading for the past couple of months um, was assigned to me by my therapist and it's called, It Didn't Start With You. It's all about um, inherited trauma and how trauma experienced by one of your like parents or grandparents or even great grandparents can be passed down in your genetic markers and you could be feeling the effects of that trauma even though it didn't happen to you. Um, but the whole, the whole thing is supposed to be about like, basically what do you do as a person who's affected by this trauma when you can't change anything about the trauma itself or about the person who originally experienced the trauma or the way in which you inherited the trauma. So it's all about like overcoming, um, overcoming trauma when there can't be like a two-sided conversation and, you know, working on yourself and your perspective and your, your own mental health um, and coming to understand what you're going through. That's been super helpful for me. Um, I know that like this year has been a really hard one with, for a lot of people, as far as like their families go. Um, so if you are experiencing something like that, I highly recommend this book. So 
Yay. That's awesome. Um, especially this year, I'm a big supporter of therapy. Um, my work actually started um, through this online program. We all get a certain number of therapy sessions for ourselves and our families. And so I've told people at work, that's something everyone should be doing all the time, especially if that's, I know that it, it can be costly, but in our case, when our work is covering it, like everyone should be doing therapy. So that's great. Um I am going to take this on a tangent. Um, I guess back to movies. I'm actually going to try to squish two things in one here um, because both of these, I think, are my favorite content that's come out of quarantine. As in, if COVID did not happen, these things would not exist. Um, the first being Some Good News, um, a YouTube channel um, hosted by John Krasinski. Um, this was just, there are a few people for me who I'm like, you guys like save 2020 just by trying to put a lot of good into the world and trying to make the best out of a bad situation. Of course, these people are very rich and privileged. So that's one thing, but I appreciated that they like tried to put some goodness and happiness into the world. Um, I'm a big fan of the office. So the like zoom wedding that he did and reuniting the office cast to uh, dance for these fans of The Office is really sweet. Um, he did like a virtual prom, virtual graduation. So I think kind of cheered up some people who didn't get to have these big life events that they would have uh, had if not for this quarantine. So that was really sweet. It made me cry a lot. <laughs> um, and then the other is the film Host. Um, so this is on the horror um what do you want to call it? The horror subscription service Shutter, um, which I'm assuming most people don't have. Um, I subscribed to it because I kept hearing about this film. Um, so this is a horror film that was made in quarantine. So all of the actors were in different locations. They filmed it as if it's over a Zoom meeting and it's these friends who decide, it, they film it like in 2020, people have masks and whatnot. These friends decide to come together to do a seance, which I don't know why you would do that anyway, but doing it virtually seems extra stupid. Um, so they come together to do the seance and then crazy things start happening to them individually. <laughs> Um, it's alarming because the whole thing's kind of on the Zoom screen, so we've all done so much of that for months. It's like, ooh, like, it's extra spooky. Um, the actors were trained to do practical effects in their home to show, like, the ghosts and, like, footsteps kind of walking down the hall and things. Um, so it's just really cool that people were able to put that together even, you know, when all of the cast and crew couldn't be together. So that's host on Shutter awesome um if we're going with quarantine media um as in stuff that wouldn't have happened without it there is a um i got really into youtube this year because i enjoy seeing uh i enjoy seeing people's creations like of course it's nice to see with with kind of films being pushed to the wayside it was interesting to see the the different kinds of content, the different kinds of things that, like, people who haven't been trained and all that kind of stuff um, are able to accomplish um, when they have the, you know, they have the time. And I think, for me, I might be stealing this from Courtney, um, there was a parody of the movie 1917 um, called 2020. Um, 
uh, oh, who is it that did that? I want to make sure that I give him proper credit. Um, but, uh, oh, by Ascender, Ascender Media. Um, is that what they're called? Uh, it's just called Ascender. Um, they produced this parody of twenty of nineteen seventeen, where it's all the single shot, but it's everything that happened in twenty twenty. So there's, uh, you know, the pandemic. There's, um, you know, talking about Kobe uh, dying, Kobe Bryant dying in twenty or in February. Um, Murder Hornets making appearance, like, and it was made, I think, in the summer of twenty twenty. So there's been a lot of other stuff since then that kind of didn't make the cut. Um, but they kind of, they mentioned everything. And if you, so if you've seen the film 1917 from, uh, 2019, and then you watch this, it's, it's really, it's pretty incredible how they were able to match this, the tone and the style of it while making it a silly fun, you know, something to watch while we're all stuck inside and everything. Um, so I recommend that again, Ascender is the channel that put that out. Um, and you can search for it. If you search for 2020, a parody, it should pop up for you on YouTube. So, Yeah, that was literally the next thing on my list, Andrew. <laughs> I guess turnabout is fair play. Um, so I wanted to talk. So speaking of YouTube videos, I wanted to talk about somebody that I discovered this year, first on TikTok and then on YouTube and now on Seth Meyers show, which is uh, it's this guy named Jeff Wright. Um, Jeff Wright, he like did all of these TikTok videos where he was, he would play all of the characters and it's very fast paced, but he would just be, um, he would have it be like, he'd be wearing blue and he'd be Facebook or he'd be wearing, um, like something kind of purpley and yellow and he'd be Instagram and, um, yeah. And he would like be all the social media channels and be like talking to each other, um, and joking around about like, Oh yeah, TikTok's getting banned, or Instagram stole like stories, or I don't, I don't even know. But um, yeah, he's a pretty funny guy. He got hired to be on a Seth Meyers show, and um, all of his stuff on Seth Meyers show has been it's been great. So he's joy and delight. So, um. I'm going to go with another TikTok thing. Who would have thought, not me, a year ago, <laughs> we would all be talking about TikTok things. Um, I, it was someone um, on Twitter that um, is really awesome that posted this. But so t TikTok has this duet feature. Um, so people can show, I don't even know how to explain this. You can like pull up someone's video and basically show yourself side by side with it like reacting to the video or adding on to it um so it's added some kind of fun unexpected collaborations if you can even call them that because they're unintentional collaborations um but it started with someone um oh i should look up the handle daniel okay wait maybe we should just post it because now i can't read the handle <laughs> um but this guy posted grocery store but from a mo modern musical theater show so he did 
this like little musical theater bit of like a couple who's arguing in the middle of a grocery store. And then someone came on and did a duet where they added like, now she's the wife arguing with that person in the grocery store. Then someone else duetted that. It was like, now I'm the child and added on a part to that. And then there was like the grocery store worker and adding on there. And people just kept adding and adding and adding to it. And it just really cracked me up. Again, I just love musical theater. Um, but the best one, like someone was a can of soup. And so over the top of the song, he just kept going like, I'm a can of soup. <laughs> um, so the whole thing was just really delightful and silly. So that was a good time. <laughs> that was a good time. That was fantastic. Is it back to me now? Yeah, it's back to you. Okay. Um, I'm actually looking through my Twitter likes and stuff like that to see what kind of uh, stuff people... Oh, Andrew, you should... I was going to talk about this, but you should talk about this. You should talk about your YouTube doppelganger. Oh, this is this guy's been on for a really long time. He used to write for Cracked. He's got his own... Um, he's a huge Twitter follower and everything that we found. Um, we kind of stumbled across him this year. Um, Cody Johnston does a show called Some More News. Um, and if you don't know what I look like, because you've only ever heard this podcast, you've never seen, um, just imagine Cody Johnston, but like taller and thicker. That's basically who I am. Um, and he, he does... Um, political reviews um talks about some more news he has a personal vendetta against ben shapiro which we're very much in favor of um and uh yeah he's he's really very funny he's very passionate um and that <laughs> my sister actually sent it to me uh and told me that uh this is basically me and she's right when i talk about politics i turn into that guy pretty much um so if you've ever wanted to hear me talk about politics, probably just tune into that guy. It's basically the same thing. So it was it was honestly kind of uncanny because Andrew, for anybody who doesn't know, Andrew has a background in international relations and like politics and um, and yeah and like national intelligence. So he has Andrew's political views are very astute, but not very many people like actively share the same like opinions but it was funny because the first video we watched of some more news the guy was like saying all the things that Andrew had been saying and it was just like he looks like you and he has exactly the same opinions as you this is weird so yeah I had to look him up because I didn't know and just from the stills of him alone he looks a lot like you Andrew it's <laughs> creepy if I if I if I was probably about a foot and a half shorter and probably about 50 to 60 pounds lighter, I might look a lot like, I might even look even more like him. Um, I only have like one more really, um, which is I am grateful for um, HBO Max, which sounds weird, but HBO Max has been great because it has things that I'm interested in, things that Andrew's interested in, and even has things that my kids are interested in. It got them into like Scooby-Doo, which is a huge part of my childhood. That's what we went as for Halloween this year because my kids got into it thanks to HBO. Um, so yeah, that's been great. But 
my appreciation for HBO, I guess, is more like a part of a bigger thing, which is I'm really grateful for technology in general. Um, like we were kind of talking about earlier, technology has enabled us to have like more plays and more movies at home. And um, more than that, technology has enabled us to connect with other people. Um, and because of the quarantine, I honestly feel like in some ways we're connecting with people on a whole other level than we have in the past. Um, technology is what has allowed me to work at home and keep my job and like stay safe this year. And that's something I'm hugely grateful for. Um, so yeah, just technology in general. Yeah, um, should I try to squish? <laughs> <laughs> squish the remainder of my stuff you into do. one thing. No, I've, got, I've got a couple more if you want to keep going. Yeah. Like, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I'll i try to squish a lot of things still into one. Um, uh, I mean, I wanted to briefly just say, like, again, the Oscars. I feel like the year started out so promising in, like, January and February. And then it all went to crap after that. Um we should just all remember that this is the first time that a non-English film won Best Picture, and it was Parasite, which is such a good movie. And I know um, that was technically last, like the film came out last year, but I'm still really grateful that happened. That was that was such a good Oscars and Eminem saying uh, "Lose Yourself," which is great. Um, so on that note, maybe I'll bring up in relation to that um, another foreign film. Um, or non-English language film, maybe is the more appropriate way to say that. Um, this technically came out in 2019, um, but most of the United States, unless you're a film critic, um, we were unable to see it until this year. Um, it's Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Um, I know I've talked on this show um, about how much I've loved uh, Call Me By Your Name. That's a movie I still think about a ton. Um, this one, I think, gave me very similar vibes, even though Call Me By Your Name is slightly more modern. This is in, ooh, I guess I should remember what century it is, but uh, old. <laughs> um, 1770. So, yeah, set way back. Um, but it's a lesbian love story about a painter who is brought... Um, in to paint a portrait of this woman who her mother is the one who brings in this woman to paint a picture of her daughter so that they can send the portrait out to her prospective husband um, so they can marry her off. Um, but it turns out that the painter and this woman uh, kind of have a thing for each other and it's just very sexy, very sweet, very, um, it's just really beautifully made. Um, and just makes you feel all the things. So yeah, it's a French film, uh, Portrait of William Fire. And it's on Hulu now, so everyone should watch it. Um, I'm gonna go back to something that I found online. I may have mentioned this last year, but I don't remember if I did or not. Um, it is a Twitter account called Soviet Soldiers Dancing. Um, it is a Twitter account of old Soviet soldiers dancing. It's footage of that. And uh, this person has put um, modern music to it. So the most recent one that this person released uh, was Mistletoe by Justin Bieber um, with some Soviet soldiers dancing to it. Um, it's delightful. Um, it's just it's just kind of pure joy. There's nothing else to it. It's just like, oh, this is fun. Um, you kind of think about, I think I did mention this last year, 
But if I don't remember it, then our listeners probably don't either. Um, so uh, he's he's really tapered off since um, opening the Twitter account. I guess the owner went to university um, and uh, hasn't been able to keep up with it as much. Um, yeah, it's just it's just one of those things that just kind of injects fun and plot or uh, fun and um, excitement into your life. And for and it's just a Twitter follow. And it's just like, oh, yeah, cool. And you get to watch, like, Soviet soldier, soldiers dancing to, like, girls just want to have fun and stuff like that. So it's it's really quite delightful. Um, I thought of something else I'm grateful for. So um, I discovered Six this year, the musical. And it is lovely, and I love it. Um, if you don't know what Six is, Six is a, it's a pretty short play. Um, it's a musical. It, it is English. Um, and it is about the six wives of Henry VIII. And um, basically it's like, it's this concert and the six wives are these superstar diva pop singers and they're forming a girl group and they're trying to decide who the lead singer should be. So they each like, they decide that the, the person who is the lead singer should be the person who is the most wronged by their husband um, or like the most hurt by him. And so they start like sharing their tales of woe and these you know catchy pop songs, and um, in the end they kind of decide, you know what? Why should our stories be defined by him? We're gonna rewrite this whole thing, and they like, I don't know. The end. It's it's kind of like corny and cheesy, but um, it's very catchy, and I like it very much. So, yeah. Such a good choice. I love that musical. <laughs> Um, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to wrap all of the movie stuff I wanted to talk to and talk about into one thing. Um, so obviously this year it's been a really tough year to, I mean, most movie theaters were closed. A lot of films that would have been really huge have been delayed. Um, so just as far the Oscars have been delayed, <laughs> that's pretty wild. Um, so as far as you're in movies, it's just kind of a weird one. Um, but I feel like this gave me an opportunity. I usually have a goal around how many films I'm going to see in the theater or can I watch all the films ahead of the Oscars, which I did do that because it was before all the COVID stuff happened. But um, by not being able to go to the theater, I kind of took a step back and watched a lot of things that a lot of really classic films and things that I just hadn't seen. So I mean, I went with some classics, like All About Eve is the best thing ever. <laughs> it is now one of my favorite movies, and I just hadn't seen it. Singing in the Rain, also now one of my favorite movies ever. Thank you, HBO Max, that released a ton of TMC um, films that I had just never made my way to seeing. Um, ooh, I was going to say something on a similar note. Oh, around um, with the death of George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter movement, um, there was a chance to go back and watch things like Do the Right Thing that are just still as applicable today <laughs> as they were when they were made 20 or 30 years ago in the case of that film. Um, so that was awesome. But the one, um, I told you I was going to try to sneak them all in, but the one I wanted to point out um, this was going to be a really great year for female directors, and it still really breaks my heart <laughs> that this is the year that a 
global pandemic happened because we had women directing superhero films and live action Disney films. And it just would have been a really kick-ass year in that respect. Um, So I tried to watch a lot of female directed films um, in lieu of getting, being able to see these in the theater. Um, My favorite discovery is called Miss Stevens, which is from 2016. Um, from Julia Hart, who's released a few films this year, actually. Um, but it's about a 29-year-old teacher who, she's an English teacher who goes, um, there are some kids at the school that want to go to this drama competition. And so she it kind of begrudgingly becomes the chaperone that goes with them. Um, it's one of the first performances from Timothy Chalamet. And it's it's just a really maybe it's because I just turned 30 this year so I'm about that age and it just hit me really hard but um that was a little gem kind of a diamond in the rough I found with this weird time um I feel weird although sort of fitting I guess if uh you've wrapped up all your film stuff just one other thing I wanted to talk about, and it was an internet uh, kind of viral thing. Um, I'm a sports guy, sort of. Um, I, I like football. I like hockey. Um, and a couple of years ago, uh, there was a new hockey mascot called Gritty, uh, who was introduced for the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, kind of took the internet by storm because he, they, uh, they had him do the Kim Kardashian pose that was supposed to break the internet. They had him do that because he's got the wide, like, Philly fanatic, like, stomach that kind of goes back and forth and everything. So, uh, uh, Gritty kind of, he even got on um, to the John, uh, John Oliver show last week tonight a couple times um, talking about how horrific it is. Just, I, I, I'm sure you've seen Gritty, but if you haven't, any Google search will bring it up. He's just got big googly eyes, tons of orange fur, wears a Flyers jersey. Um, the man inside was under investigation for punching a kid a little while ago, uh, was cleared of those charges, but the press just kept saying that Gritty did it, um, even though it was the man inside the suit who did it. They just kept saying Gritty is under indictment for punching a kid. Um, and uh, he didn't think, at least the... No, nothing went forward with that lawsuit. So maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I don't know, but nothing happened. Um, anyhow, he somehow got very, very deeply involved in the Pennsylvania vote counts that were happening in November um, to the point where that uh, very famous painting um, was changed. So it said, Liberty, Liberté, Egalité, Grité, and Gritty was in this painting. Um, somehow Gritty became a people's champion um, in Pennsylvania and uh, got involved in all of that. And as a hockey fan and as just a fa- as a fan of Gritty in general, uh, I was very grateful to see him popping up in uh, news stories and people just going, what is this? What is, why is this popping? I can only imagine international people who don't know who Gritty is from the NHL, just going, what is this and why is this like an anti-Trump like Trump type of thing happening here? It's uh, very disturbing and very orange. Yes, um, it's glorious. Loved every second of it. So thank you, Pennsylvania, I guess, um, for bringing Gritty uh, to the forefront of, of stuff yet again. Thank you. It's always a great day when Gritty's involved. 
except for that one kid. Um, but other than that, always a good day. What a way to end. <laughs> good work, <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, as always, you guys, I am most grateful for, for you guys. I know that we haven't been doing the podcast really this year, but um, we've been, the three of us have been working on Approximate Heroes and, you know, chatting on the side. And I am very grateful for friendship and for, for you guys. So, yeah. I'm grateful for Fat Man, which I watched with you both. Ah, in yes. Delightful experience. <laughs> yes. Um, also Van Helsing, which Shannon finally watched with me. Finally. <laughs> I had seen it a long, long time ago. Not, not knowing it is the a, anguish that awaited the It was, it was better watching it with us, though, right? It's a different experience <laughs> watching it with Courtney. <laughs> what a good sport, Shannon, when she had no idea what we were doing. She just came I up. totally with, sprang it on her. <laughs> and it was like, well, guess what we're watching Van Helsing? Oh, my gosh. So. The best part of that, too, is that it's, <laughs> that movie is so stupid, but somehow still really hard for me to follow. Because at one point, I'm like, who is that? And you guys are like, it's Dracula. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, great. That was great. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, oh, watching time. Batman last week was, oh, well, beautiful. It was great. It's good time. It was pure joy. Great. Well, I think that's going to be it for us this time. As always, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at PC Footnotes. Um, and uh, we kind of plugged it already, but all three of us are also on another podcast, Approximate Heroes. So be sure to check that out. And uh, we will see you next time. <laughs>